welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Great, great. Getting ready for a uh, for a watch a, a, a ranked ranked Miami team this week. <laughs> I know, amazing. Been a little while. Yes, it has. Since I guess the Texas A&M game last year, right? That was Miami lost that game. They were ranked. Yeah. It was a top twenty-five matchup, and obviously things spiraled uh, from there. They went uh, to one. No, no. What am I talking about? They went. They were ranked going in there, and they went down twelve spots yeah. to twenty-five. After that, after that, lost to Texas A&M, and that was the last. And then that was the end of it. Yep. Um, yeah. A year later, Miami back in the AP top twenty-five after beating Texas A&M um on saturday um we're obviously you know we we do this podcast in the second half of the week usually setting up the next game um that's bethune cookman on thursday night we're frankly probably not going to talk very much about that um because we got a lot to talk to with the uh texas a&m game um we were talking a little bit before we get started and you know this isn't an original topic of conversation but one of my certainly one of miami's biggest wins in years first win against a ranked team since 2021 um but that was miami uh was they won at pittsburgh an incredible kenny pickett uh tyler van dyke duel Uh, (laughs) but miami already had four losses by then so it was a little different right it wasn't like um you know miami was it was like a true upset miami was trying to like rally a little bit at the end of the year make things respectable um and, no, you... and, and 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 that's when we realized I, it's that's when we, we were what was this what was exciting was realizing how good Tyler was right yeah that was the big uh, moment there yeah um I mean you could really make a, a case this is like the biggest win Miami's had since you know I know people were throwing around the Notre Dame game that was a little different I mean Texas A&M frankly I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to be very good this year um but still like a um you know, kind of like a, a you know a monumental win for Miami in the sense that it's easily Mario Cristobal's biggest win yet. Um, it's early enough in the year that um, it feels important, right? Where Miami now, Definitely. you know, the like that the- that was that's how it compares to the Notre Dame game, and that you know, and there there were a couple of games I think early in that 2020 season. Um, you know, when they beat uh they killed florida state that was a bad florida state team but that was a kind of a statement win early that year um that's that's you know it's this is in that same sort of conversation in the sense that it is um a little bit of a statement of arrival you know the the notre dame win was kind of mark rick's statement with that team that ended up winning 10 games and they had a great recruiting class that was coming in that year or a highly ranked recruiting class that ended up not really panning out felt like the start of something uh 2020 um whether you want to say i think louisville i don't think it was a top 25 game but louisville was kind of a trendy team early in that year um like i said florida state they absolutely throttled that felt like the start of something too right it was dear king it was Rhett lashley's offense um this is the same way where it feels like after every so much went wrong last year and, and that's the way maybe it compares to the florida state game is you know, that was Manny was coming off the, the season where they lost to FIU and uh, Louisiana Tech. Mario had his similar year one nightmare uh, year from hell. Um, and then they come out and honestly kind of lay the smack down on Texas A&M. It's a two score win and 
was not as competitive or was not as competitive as the final score indicates. Miami basically spotted um uh 16 or 13 points out of the gate or 17 points out of the gate with no uh, yeah well yeah they got a punt block they got a muffed a punt a lot of penalties early absolutely Um, i'm sorry they they sure did spot yeah yeah Yeah, Um, they they did so uh, yeah i mean felt like a big deal and i think the way miami played is you know again like i said i'm not sure if texas a&m is going to be very good this year but the way Miami played and and again, like was not super competitive for the, the fourth quarter. It was like over basically. Um the way no, they played like, was was pretty uh you know, that's the best we've seen them play in a really long time. Yeah, it was really impressive because they they, they went down by ten points. Yeah. In the beginning. And, and, and like everything that what like I mean, Tyler said it after the game, like last year they would have quit because everything that you could draw up to go wrong went wrong right right and then and then they come back and they look so good in the second half and the end the end of this second quarter yeah they just they just got better and better and better um and i i don't know i i think texas a&m might be better than you think maybe i, I think the quarterback is good quarterback's good they yeah. got good receivers evan stewart had like we were like yeah that guy had 140 yards didn't feel like it but um, they have they have they have they have great receivers yeah. um, and um, a really good quarterback and who threw his first, the first pick of his career against Miami, which is kind of cool. Or two, haven't Miami had one intercept, one interception. Two interceptions. No, two, they have two, one at the very one, end of the game. Um, Corey, right? Corey Couch had one yeah. at the very end of the game. Yeah. I, it, yeah, Miami looks good and, and it is an important game because it's early, you know, two and oh going into this yep. game. Against text against uh, excuse me Bethune Cookman, um, I mean they it was impressive. I watched the game again, you know, uh, to check it out, and uh, they really the receivers are great. I mean, Tyler is looks great. Uh, the defense looks great, and uh, and the and 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 the defensive coordinators seem great. I mean, yeah. all, all I. Not many things you could really complain about. Offensive yeah, like, line, offensive line, amazing. Yeah, well, Tyler has I, he finally got sacked, but it was like I think late in the game, right? It, like, sacked it two times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, he's gotten through pretty much unscathed. Like the the kind of like one like the only thing you can complain about maybe is how many penalties did Francis Mangoa have? But like that's yeah, but, your, again, you're talking about a true but, freshman right tackle um when that's your like one big complaint is that this five-star tackle that we thought was maybe already like going to be one of the best linemen in the country might just be one of the best freshman linemen in the country uh pretty good spot to be in yeah i I mean i think uh, you're going against texas a&m one of the best defensive lines Mm -hmm. in the country i i am one of the biggest ones yeah for sure and i i think you know i i don't care what team he played for in high school i mean these guys are you know they're 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 a different type of football player they're yeah. older and bigger and stronger and he's just gonna and he's yeah he's a freshman I, he's good he's good he's really good and he's gonna yeah. be great by the end um so i and he's smart yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to harp too much on him, but that's what I'm saying. Like when that's like the one nitpick you can kind of have from yeah. the game, other than obviously Cameron exactly. Kitchen's injury at the end, which we will certainly talk about as as we yeah. uh get later on this episode. But um as far as breaking down everything that was good for Miami, I think we have to start with Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke and Shannon Dawson, I think collectively, 
because, yeah. um, you know, it feels like Brett Lashley's back a little bit. Obviously, the offenses are different, but just the way that Tyler – he never looked comfortable for, like, a moment last year, even when he was healthy. Like, I, we talk about the injuries, but, yeah. you know, he got benched in the Middle Tennessee game. Like, that was before – all those shoulder injuries started piling up unless, you know, maybe he had something we don't know about, but um, no. he never looked comfortable for a moment last year. Um, and just the level of, um, you know, like the same, the Shannon Dawson, the one thing is the, the way that he feels similar to Red Lashley to me is I think like the systems are very quarterback friendly and they both understand how to get your quarterback going. Right. Like, Early in the game, you know, I think back to week one, what was Tyler's first throw of the year? I think was like a screen to Colby Young that yes. it's broken for a 50-yard touchdown, basically. Like, they let him, like, build up confidence, and then he hits those long throws down the field. And, and he's, um, you know, he uh, coming out of week one, we were like, all right, he passed, right? If you're doing pass-fail, he, he looked good enough. Uh, week two, he looked like, I mean, the old Tyler Van Dyke. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country this weekend. Um you know, he had passes 52 yards, Isaiah Horton, uh, 48 on the right sideline to Xavier Restrepo, uh, 32 to Colby Young. And those are all um, 64 to Jacoby George to yeah, win the exactly. game. Um, yeah. And those aren't those aren't screen passes that turned into all four of those throws yeah. I just named are those were like 30 yards in the air, at least. Um, he I mean, the. It's it's a uh, like a nicely balanced offense. We talk about it with the run in the pass, um, and we've seen that obviously through two weeks. But also the way that um, you know they they run a lot of screens and a lot of quick outs and and stuff like that. And it you know you can see the way there's like a real cohesive plan to that offense where um, you know you're working your counters and, and countering off of what you do. Um, you know we saw it week one. They they talked a lot about like we threw it short because they were like. We, and then it opened up the run and we stopped throwing, right? Because they started sitting on those flats. And um, Tyler's, a, you know, the, the one thing you can definitely say about him is he can make all the throws. You know, he might not always be super consistent or you can nitpick things about him, but he can make all the throws and he's not scared to make all the throws. And he's fine to check down too. Like some guys don't like to do that, but um, he likes throwing oh, he, quick he does us. And he, he, uh, he loves the way uh, Shannon Dawson lets him audible. Right. Let's give some full control. I mean, he, he he'll change the play, you know, and uh, you know it, he has the freedom, mm-hmm. and and he's doing great. And his receivers are uh, wow, the yards after catch are yeah. so impressive. Oh my god, yeah, that's so- that's the other Shannon Dawson uh, thing, right? And, and that's what I'm talking about with the short throw, like Xavier Shepard, right. 126 yards, and 88 of them were yards after catch. Um, yep. like obviously Tyler's making, he made five spectacular deep throws. Um, but he also like, you know, they're, they're making it easy for him too. And he's, I, I, you know, looking at this, this week's stats, and this is only the NCAA stats after, after two weeks, right. Yeah. In college football. But Tyler now is number six nationally in passing efficiency, mm-hmm. number nine in passing touchdowns. He's twenty three in passing yards. Yeah. And some remember some teams have played three three games already. So there are probably a couple of guys. Oh, that's there true. Who are that is true. Yeah. And he has passing passing yards per game. He's eighteenth nationally with two eighty seven point five. Passing yards per completion, he's sixteenth in the nation. 
um, number two in the ACC with 15.1 yards per pass. So he's really he's really doing well. And his receivers, I mean, there's multiple receivers. You know, there's like four, at least four receivers, and there and 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 this, you know, this week, like Shannon Dawson said, last week they took away the run. That, excuse mm-hmm. me, they took away the the deep stuff, and and this week, this past week, they t- they wanted to stop the run. Yeah. So, you know, good for UM. Um, yeah, Miami. After we talked all about the running backs after week one, uh, they only ran for three point two yards per carry on um, right Saturday. Now a couple other Tyler, those two sacks work against that, but still, like, yeah, they can they can win in in different ways. Yeah, definitely. And we're still waiting to see what happened to Mark Fletcher. Yeah. Um, the receivers are probably the other big story. I think they clearly have three good ones, which um, we were, I mean, we didn't know about. We, we, I think we've been driving the Colby Young hype train a little bit. Um, obviously, I think everyone knew Xavier Restrepo was going to be pretty good. I think he's been even better than I thought uh, he might be. But between him, Colby Young, um, and Jacoby George, those guys all yeah. – Three, uh, 75 really. plus yards everyone had a touchdown except for strepo who instead just had 126 receiving <laughs> yards um they've got those three i think every week are gonna show up to, you know not every week every one of those guys is gonna go for 75 plus but every week tyler's gonna complete like important throws to all three of those guys as we said obviously isaiah horton also had a huge play on saturday catching a 52 yard touchdown um that's gonna yep. be. I think that's gonna be like the recipe for Miami's. You got those three, and then, you know, you just need like one other guy to make a play at some point. Um, All right, and now he has some confidence. I mean, yeah. maybe Horton's that guy. Period. You know, Brashard Smith didn't have a catch, but um, had a kick return touchdown, and is a big. You know, he's like a guy who can certainly. And we haven't of his career touchdowns, yeah. like are all of them 75 yards or longer at this point? Yeah, like exactly. Every single one of his, every time he touches the it's ball, like, there's a chance he's, he's going to score. Um, right. You know, I'm sure Ray Ray, Joseph, who didn't have a catch on Saturday at some point, will make a, you know, will have a long touchdown. Um, and how about Tyler Harrell? What yeah, Tyler Harrell. We haven't seen a lot of him target. yet. Um, no Elijah Royo still hasn't played. Maybe he ends up being that number four guy, but th- th- this is, we're kind of like talking in lug- terms of luxury because most teams are, like struggle to have three good receivers. Um, yep. Miami, I think clearly has three good receivers. I don't know if any of them are as good as Charleston Rambo or Amon Richards or some of like the, you know, great I, Miami receivers, but, early. Um, but I, you know, they're all good. And, and Restrepo's, I mean, he's on pace to have a huge season right now. Yeah. It's, Oh, he looks so good. Doesn't he? I mean, he made some incredible plays, incredible blocks. Yeah. You know, the big block on Brashard Smith's, um, Oh my return god! Touchdown. So strong and and smart the way he moves and uh, uh, just his where he, body placement and everything he does. He's very very good. Yeah, that's the other kind of nice thing about the three receivers. And this isn't new. I think we've probably talked about this. The fact that Restrepo is this kind of like big physical slot receiver. Um, in some ways he's kind of like starting to remind me a little bit of KJ Osborne. Um, they're both just like kind of. I think KJ is probably a little taller, right. but that like physicality that they have to them. Both guys are kind of like stockier receivers, um, very muscular. Obviously Colby is huge. Um, and Jacoby is like, 
he is he, like maybe like he is like kind of in that Charleston Rambo ish mold, right? Where he's not like the most physically yeah. imposing guy, but he's fast. He's a little maybe. bigger than isn't he? Then not not as skinny as Charleston Rambo. I don't know. No, I think Rambo is probably a little I, taller, but he's that kind of classic yeah. like can play inside, can play outside, big play threat, but also a you know uh, guy who can catch a screen and make something happen. So they got they got three different types of receivers. By the um, way, what do you? I was thinking to, uh, this week that Xavier reminds me a little bit of Braxton Berrios. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the comparison. I, like, has he's gotten like his whole life a little bit, and he oh, likes oh, it. really? I did. Um, I, 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 to but me, another guy similar, right? Because they're strong slot receivers. Right? But it's they're not only not... that; their their personality. They're like uh, I, Braxton was so intense and yeah. uh, such a hard worker, and you know, so serious about it, and. Uh, really wanted to be good. You know what I mean? He worked mm-hmm. really hard. It was a great a practice, great example, a good guy and stuff. I, 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 I don't know. They kind of see, and their body types. Yeah. Yeah. They're both like I mean, strong I, slot receivers, right? There's like, yeah. you know, Mike Harley, who was obviously also a great slot receiver, is very different. Oh, totally different body yeah. I, for, and totally different. Yeah. Everything. But. Anyway, yes, on the receivers, I can't believe it. I can't. How long has it been that we've been saying, well, I've been saying, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think we both felt that way. Um, I think we had optimism about a couple of these guys. Jacoby George has been kind of the revelation, I think, because I think both of us had pretty high hopes for Colby. I think we knew Restrepo, again, even if he wasn't going to be as good as he is right now, we knew he was going to be like a six catches a game kind of guy. Um. But Jacoby yeah. George just adds that, you know, you, you need three kind, you need a third. Like that's what takes you to that next level. A lot of teams have one great receiver. A lot of teams have two good receivers. Um, you know, Miami's yeah. receivers, we talked, you mentioned how good Texas A&M's receivers are. Miami's receivers definitely outplayed Texas A&M's receivers. On oh, no doubt. I think, yeah, without a doubt. And I think people were shocked. Like Texas A&M people, were, I guess, were shocked. Nobody expected that. So um yeah the big thing like kind of standing out to me and and i haven't done a full rewatch of the game like um like you got to do uh earlier this week um miami like just seemed faster than texas a&m um they did both on you know on offense how many big plays did i list off for you um but on defense like you know texas a&m had a couple you know, like anyone, like Evan Stewart had a had a forty four yard catch, um, but I think other than that, they had like two other plays longer than twenty five yards or something like that. Like there were never moments in this game where it was like Texas A and M hit the corner faster than Miami's linebackers, right? Or um, just a total breakdown, like just a wide receiver got straight up run past. Like because even Evan Stewart, as good as he is, he's like a big receiver, right? He's not just a guy who's gonna run straight past your cornerback and your safety is not going to get over in time. Um, Miami felt fast and thinking about it specifically with the defense, like, you know, we're a year removed from the middle Tennessee game, which is probably like the worst display of like (laughs) preventing big plays in college football history. Like when you consider the like level of teams involved, like that's, I mean, that's a huge difference. And it's those, the, the DBs were kind of the other question mark for us. That was obviously the spot where they really like loaded up with new guys, and and they look good. They look pretty good, yeah. They like look good. It, I, no I, one's like. I mean, Jaden Davis has been, I think, Jayden spectacular. Davis. He's been like, yeah. a, he's been a like 
transformative guy for this defense, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, but otherwise, like Daryl, you know, it's not like Devontae and Daryl Porter. I mean, Daryl Porter's been around, but another guy who was a transfer at one point. Like, but he made, like made big plays, plays but he, like they're not made, noticeable, which is good for a corner. He made Daryl Porter made some good plays and uh, to Corey Couch. Yeah. Made good plays. And um, I don't, I think the difference is uh, the coaching. That's what I think. I I think Lance Gidry is fairly amazing. It seems so far. I mean, these usually in the beginning of a season, guys screw up on tackling. Yeah, these guys have been really good. I I don't know. Jaden Davis is incredible. I mean, uh, James Williams. Oh, the 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 Jaden Davis the the fumble was like that's like, that's perfect. Uh, that's like perfect defense. Um, incredible. And, and obviously and, part of that is coaching. Part of that is Jaden Davis is like a really, really smart defensive back. And, you know, he came to Miami. It's interesting. Like I remember talking to him at media day about why he wanted to come to Miami. And obviously there were a lot of reasons, you know, he's uh, St. Thomas Aquinas kid. Part of him wanted to come play at home, but at Oklahoma, he, they were going to have him play outside, like being outside cornerback um, primarily. And, you know, kind of most guys like go to college and want to do that. Right. Because it's like, that's where the money's made. But I think Jaden Davis knows he's, you know, he's five, nine or something. Like he knows if he's going to play in college, like, or if he's going to play in the NFL, he's got to do stuff like he did on, um, on Saturday night where he's in the nickel spot and the linebacker gets to the corner and he gets there faster than anyone else and knocks the ball out. But he, you know, he was saying, I'm looking at my story now that ran in today's paper. Um, and uh he he, he was saying that um that the little what little guy doesn't like to, you know, what what little guy doesn't dream of being a big guy, a, a football player. Right. It's like the Corey football. Couch thing too, right? Like a couple of years ago, it was like Corey <laughs> Couch's whole thing when he was not he forced, had all those sacks and forced fumbles. Yeah, exactly. I, I, but he, but he said, um, he said all little guys want to be big guys. All little guys wish they could put their hand in the dirt or come off the edge and rush the passer. Um, he said it's fun to be able to stick your head in there and feel like a big boy for one. So the the truth is, he let. He, we were talking about the corner blitzes. Yeah, okay? because Lance Gidry blitzes all over the place yeah and he dropped like Nigel e. kelly's been in he, coverage a lot like he almost had a pick in week one like he they, blitzes they everybody yeah he sends everybody and that's and and he said that's one of the reasons that he loved coming here because he does get to do all different kinds of things um and um yeah i mean Gidry, i just think gidry's been amazing i think um james williams mm-hmm. a safety yeah he's looked great had a great, great game. Gidry said it, it was unbelievable. It's the best game he's played that he's just. Nine, nine tackles well, for him. Like Jaden Davis' stat line, eight tackles, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup, a quarterback hit, and a forced fumble. That's, I know. That's that, is, that is quite a game, yeah. That's insane. I, yeah. So, I, But I do th- I do think their their tackling's been great. Um, You know, you know think about the last mm-hmm. couple of years of uh, Last few years, they would like run and miss tackles or overrun plays, or t- I, it was just farcical kind of. And yeah. now, no, now, yeah. So it's this win was really important, and Texas A&M might not be as mediocre as you think. Maybe they're better. Yeah, well, I, I think no matter and, what you think they're going to be, 
they're supposed to be, you know, you look at all their like team talent composite rankings. Right. Like, Five stars. Be, that means you're supposed to be big, fast, and strong. And right. Miami looked bigger, faster, and stronger, and deeper than them too, which I should like that's kind of the thing about the defense is um, you know, a lot of these guys who we're talking about that are having really good years. Right. I've been at Miami for a while. Like James Williams is this is year three Third for him. Year. Yeah. Um, to Corey Couch, who has been awesome through two weeks. This is year five and four, five is it already? Wow. Yeah. Corey Flag, yeah. um, who's been really good at, in a reserve linebacker role. Um, year yep. four, I think for him. Yep. Um, maybe year five. I I kind of lose track with the, with the COVID year about how long <laughs> people are allowed to allowed, how long people are allowed to stick around. Um, you know, Jafari Harvey had a sack in week one. Like some of these guys Jafari are guys Harvey that we looks good. Some of these guys are guys that I don't want to say we like wrote off, but like they were like you know we kind of thought we knew what they were. They were guys who would make some good plays and have good games and have bad games and make mistakes sometimes. And um, you know, we're only through two weeks, so guys will have their ups and downs throughout the year. But like. Yeah, James Williams just looks like he's maybe taking a leap, but like a lot of these other guys, I think they're just kind of being put in more favorable situations. They have to play fewer snaps. It makes everyone faster. Um, they got better guys around them. Um, you know, they probably don't feel the need to like do someone else's job. Um, I think, you know, you talk about the corner blitzing. I mean, it's gotta be fun to play in that defense with some of the creative stuff that they do. Um, so I think like, the fact that we can talk about this defense and talk about like nine different guys who like feel like they have um, either come in and made a difference, like a guy like Jaden Davis or are playing kind of the best ball of their career. Like that's not a coincidence. I think it's, it's a product of like, they've, they've built up, you know, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, when they were loading up in the portal, I was like, you know, these guys, like they got a lot of bodies, but I don't know how good necessarily all these guys are. Um, they did well. The, they got, the bodies mattered. Like they, they got, got a lot of important. Mangoa and uh, yeah, they got some good, really good. Like France, uh, Francisco Mangoa and Jaden Davis both look like all Jayden ACC Davis. type guys. Um, but more importantly, like a guy like Devonte Brown is just like fills a gap. KJ Cloyd, like there you go. There's a starting line. Oh yeah, KJ Cloyd. Um, you know, like there's just a lot of guys like that who are Jaden Richard playing a few snaps, like. It it goes a long way when you build build the depth like that. They've done very well transfer portal. Look at Branson Dean. Yeah, Branson Dean, who you know, starting defensive tackle, not flashy, starting defensive tackle though, and makes life a little bit easier for Leonard Taylor. Means he can Smart. really focus in on what he wants to do, and you know, let's Ruben Bain just play situational instead of maybe if they don't have that, he's playing more defensive tackle. Like and Ruben Bain had a good game, and uh, and and Lance Gidry said that. Uh, it, it, that he was held a few times <laughs> and that he would have had sacks. He said he would have had some sacks and that they, they didn't call. They didn't call <laughs> it. So I, I, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens, you know, uh, injury wise. Cause they, yeah. they got two starters. On I guess line. that's where we should go before we wrap up is kind yeah. of spin it forward. Obviously it was just yes, Cookman on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, four guys left. Four important guys left the game with injuries for Miami on Saturday. Yes. Uh, defensive line, as you were about to say, Branson Dean, starting defensive tackle, and Akeem Mesidor, starting defensive end. Both went out with injuries. Um, yep. Running back Mark Fletcher, who was kind of the big star of week one, goes out with an injury. Um, Although, did, I, did you see that? I never saw it. I looked. I was looking. At the I don't know when the injury happened um, in that with any of those guys, actually. 
Um, well, yeah. And then obviously Cameron Kinchin's the scary injury at the end of the game, um, having to get stretchered off the field and, and taken to the hospital, obviously. Um, seems like that's gone about as well as you could hope for in a situation like and that. And we don't really, we, 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 yes, I mean, I, they, they haven't told us anything specific, but he was, right. he was released Sunday. We saw, you know, social media pictures of him at throwing up the U and yep. smiling and, uh, you know, so the, and they've hinted and or said that he's going to be fine eventually, but we don't really know. Yeah, we have no idea. Happen. You know, it's a concussion, but, obviously, right, or a head injury, and those timelines can just, you know, a guy can be yeah. back in three weeks or they can be out two months yeah. with something like that if he has a concussion i'm not i i'm not sure what he has yeah, yeah. but but he had yeah. a head and neck injury i think it's fair to yeah say, so. i i yes i would say that's fair to <laughs> um, say for sure so anyway okay anyway those four but, guys like they play bethune cookman not necessarily no, expecting to see any of them play i don't but, i don't think they should play period i mean even if they're like sore or something they should yeah. just give them off i mean yeah. this is five days later and honestly David, if they need to take off Temple, well, so that was where I was going to go next. I, the schedule is this was the big, big game, right? Every preseason or every non-conference season, kind of have one big game, right? You play a, an FCS team, you play a MAC team, um, you play some other middling, te- you know, Appalachian <laughs> State or Temple, someone in that tier, and then you play one big game against Florida or Texas A and M for the last couple of years or Alabama. Um, they got through their game. Now they get to play Bethune-Cookman, as we said, on Thursday. Uh, they go to Temple, the Manny Diaz Bowl, the following Saturday. Al Golden the Bowl. The Al Golden Bowl. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the bye is after that, right? Bye. Yeah, bye. And then a... Georgia Tech, who's improved, it seems, from last year, but still yeah, well, then it's bottom half then... of the ACC. Well, that here's the thing. Then it's the ACC. Yeah, so, you got to obviously start winning games then. But so Bethune Cookman and then Temple, right? So they uh, and then a bye. They be they better be four and zero at that yeah. point, okay? And then yes, they could be Georgia Tech, but you know I I'd say let's just get them to four and zero. Yeah, and then they start their ACC slate, and then you have to win. Remember this year, no divisions. Yep. You got to win your ACC games. You got to uh, because Florida State's going to win them. That's for sure. And uh, North Carolina. And yeah, man, that that stretch I, that we thought was going to be the the brutal stretch or the, the really pivotal stretch of the season. Uh, October 14th at UNC. October 21st, Clemson at home. That feels really, 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 really important now um, because obviously uh, Clemson appears to be much more vulnerable than we believed. Um, even North Carolina went to double overtime with uh, App State on Saturday. Although I don't begrudge them that those games are always insane. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it sets up nicely for Miami. Like you said, four and zero, they should be. Then you get a bye, then you you know you can really kind of like take it easy with the rest of with those guys who are injured and yeah, and you know maybe some of those injuries weren't like super terrible. Yeah, we're not they'll be, sure. They'll be back I, for the I, Temple I, game or something. Like you said, yeah. five day turnaround, Bethune Cookman, like that's really tough. And like, why even try to push it? Um, but yeah, if you if you can get those guys back all after the bye, who knows about Cameron Kinchins? Um, then yeah, you're you're kind of like it's it sets up real the schedule sets up really nice for Miami 
to and that's 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 why you play those games early, right? You get banged up and you get a chance to regroup. So um yeah. Yeah. They also did, by the way, I noticed on the on the replay when I was watching the game, you know, because when we're there, I mean, unless yeah, it's you're, hard to you miss a lot you, of stuff, obviously. You don't know all the specifics when they're announcing injuries and stuff. They said something about uh about Branson Dean having a I think a leg injury or a foot a leg injury, maybe, but they also said something about uh, Colby Young. That yeah, he, was, he on, was like on a bike for a couple bicycle, times. And yeah. he was on the bicycle the first game. Yeah, week the, one. So I, he must have like a tight it, hamstring. No, I think he has like something that. with his knee, possibly. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, and maybe maybe it is. I mean, everything is kind of uh, connected with your knee. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but um, there's something something with his knee, possibly. So, we, you know, we got to kind of stay on top of that one. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle the Bethune Cookman game. Um, it's always... oh, they're gonna be, oh, Bethune yes, Bethune Cookman. They're gonna play a lot of guys. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because you, this game is always a game we're looking forward to. Like, oh, we're gonna see so many freshmen, uh, but we kind of seen a lot of freshmen already. We've seen a lot, yeah, but now we're gonna see freshmen. We're gonna see the deep time. bench, and we're gonna see yeah, and we're gonna see quarterbacks. We're gonna see yeah. back quarter. I mean, I I think they're gonna play. All three guys and maybe a walk oh, on. Yeah, I well the way Mario, I think they're gonna they'll start. I mean Tyler will play at least a half, at least. Yeah. Last year I think it was the third quarter he came out. Um. Yeah, I. I he'll play at least a half. Yeah, that was also three. game one last year, right? It was it was yes. the first game, so a little different where there was like trying to like still install stuff, but yeah, um, true. It'll be yeah, we'll see a lot of Tyler, I'm sure, at least about a half. See a lot of freshmen. It'll be interesting to see Jakari Brown for the first time this year. Um, I hope and, so. And some of those I'm other also... freshmen we haven't like gotten yeah. to see a whole lot of. You know, Ray Ray will play a lot. We'll see Ray Ray more. Bobby um, Washington will play a lot. Like some yes. of these guys who haven't had a chance to like, you know, flash in like small moments, but um, uh, overshadowed by some of the other freshmen we've we've excitedly talked about. Um, okay, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smilledegnan. I can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. We'll both be at Hard Rock Stadium on Thursday night to watch the ranked Miami Hurricanes uh, play Bethune Cookman. Play the unranked Bethune Cookman. I wonder if Ed Reed oh, will yes. be in attendance. Uh, I doubt it. For revenge Maybe. on his his uh, former almost employer. Um, He'll doing he'll be doing a live Facebook chat or whatever. I don't know. Whatever you call it, he'll do something. Uh, also, should... Mark, we should say Mark Richt uh, getting honored at the game uh, yes. on uh, Thursday night, which will be uh, nice to see. Always good to see Mark Richt around. Who um, will be inducted into the College Football Hall of yep. Fame in December? Yep. And as will Bryant McKinney. Yeah. By the way, Richt is uh, will be honored. I, he'll be going in as a coach. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll be a. Uh, should be fun on Thursday night. Um, hopefully we'll see you guys there. Uh, thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.